<laughs> Hi, welcome to the Creative Podcast. Glad you're here today. Can you see me? I can see you. We did Hi, it. Jennifer. Hi, Julie. Welcome. Welcome to my party. Welcome to my party. I didn't I didn't bring the booze, but I do have the mouse. Oh, nice. And I have my tea as well. So we're having a cup of tea together. We're getting cozy. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I feel like we should talk like this, really soft and like breathy and NPR radio-ish, don't you? <laughs> no. We can shout. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're able to come to my podcast. Um, and uh, for those who are uh, listening and not watching, um, I have a wonderful guest here today, Jennifer Julian, and she's wearing this pink shirt and purple scarf well i'm wearing a scarf because it's freaking cold in los angeles believe it or not it's like this blustery chicago wind that we're getting and i don't know why so yes i i get to wear my scarf which i don't often get to do down here no it's awesome you look great um well let me introduce uh uh everyone to you um so Jennifer Julian, I've known her for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that she's on the show. Um, she's a writer, producer, artist, philanthropist. There's nothing that Jennifer hasn't done. That's the key. She's done so many amazing things. But I will say that she's. Uh, she, what I love about her is um, she has. She's an entrepreneur, so that's why she's here. Um, at the helm of female-driven company called Junebug Pictures um, and she's uh, focusing on shifting perspectives and sparking imagination, striving to shine a light on the forgotten and unrepresented historical based heroines. That is amazing. Um, as well as introducing fictional tales highlighting re remarkable women both in front of and behind the footlights. Jennifer has an absolutely multifaceted career, colorful and diverse, beginning with music production, then moving into performance. Now, this is not just any performance. Prestigious venues like Carnegie Hall, the Hollywood Bowl, Broadway, opposite Robin Williams, Stop. Idol, which Stop is it. where I have done some work with her, but I digress, Sydney Pollack. Mm -hmm. Art Garfunkel, yes, Mike Nichols, just to mm -hmm. name a few. I mean mm -hmm. the 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 names, the names. You got a name. Like. You got a name drop in showbiz. I mean, you <laughs> have to. Like, it's a prerequisite, right? No, unbelievable. So, performer, and then her voice has acted in more than two hundred and fifty commercial film, television, and web programs. What does that mean? She's a voiceover you, artist as well. Yes, I started as a jingle singer and a voiceover artist. When you want a hot meal, it's gotta be quick. What are you gonna pick? Hot pockets. That was my first <laughs> jingle. 
Um, but Jill, you forgot to mention you. You and I actually performed. You and I performed together. And yeah. uh, you're on that <laughs> roster of greatness as well. I, I uh, you know, hold you to that standard. I appreciate so. that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then you went on and became an on-hair host and producer for a radio station. So like, yes. I mean, it's crazy. And now you're this writer, producer, entrepreneur, running your own production business company. I mean, it just, what, what is the next thing for you? Isn't well, stop you? thank you for all of that. I mean, cause it's kind of weird to listen to things about yourself. Um, because I'm the kind of person that's like, oh, that means nothing. Right. But to, but then hearing it, it's like, oh yeah, I've done some cool stuff, but I, I would really call myself a creative catalyst because I believe that we all have this innate creative power within us. And when we're tapped in, uh, that's when we're our most connected. And so that's just manifested in a lot of different ways for me. Mm-mm. Um, I've given that to myself, but I've also given that to others through my nonprofit work with the Share Your Voice Foundation and right. run, creating and running empowerment through performance workshops. I had a chance to go to the Slovak Republic and be, be a cultural ambassador for the U.S. for uh, through the Fulbright program, um, and that was exquisite in in its in and of itself because that was taking an arts based pedagogy to get all academic. Um, that was taking an arts-based methodology and teaching it to university students who were wanting to be teachers and translators. Um, So it's just this common theme of the arts and creativity, this Mm -hmm. thread of promoting Mm -hmm. that and sort Mm -hmm. of an activism around that, that has just been kind of the the fabric, the, the thread that's the through line for me. Um, So yeah, I call myself a creative catalyst for that very reason. And so (laughs) all of these things, whether it manifests in, you know, like stage performance, film, TV, writing, I'm I'm on to new ventures now, writing a book and like doing all sorts of things. As you know, it manifests itself (laughs) in different ways, right? Creative entrepreneur. And I think that we can't be one thing anymore. Whereas it used to be, you got to be an expert at one thing. And then like, if you do too many different things, excuse me, and you're a Renaissance person, yeah. And wow, you can't make up your mind, right? Or you're, you can't pick one thing, you, you, you're split. And it was seen as, as not so positive. And now I think it's, you just have to be that way. You have to opinion. be able to do it all. And you, it's yeah. okay to do it all. I have to get my dog. She keeps growling. Mm. I have to show the dog to everyone who's, who's watching. Hi, Bella. She's just growling away going, mommy, I want to be in this podcast. Crazy. There's Bella. Hi, oh, she got a haircut. And for those who can't see Bella, she's this white mini, uh, mini poodle mix, Portuguese water dog mix, cocker spaniel. So had to go get her. Now she's going to sit on the nice white fluffy couch in the studio. Um, So I am, I've been looking at... Uh, strong female archetypes in mm. the media, technology, and entertainment industries. Okay. And what makes them successful uh, or hmm. challenged to become successful? Uh, so this uh, podcast has been dedicated kind of like looking at that. And, you know, last Sunday I was... Um, 
not watching the Super Bowl insofar as the football. My husband is all over that. Uh, but I always have to watch the halftime show. For sure. Um, and the ads. And, and the ads. But. Yeah, the ads are pretty funny too. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Rihanna was performing the halftime show. Let's take a look at um, at Rihanna performing. I'm just gonna share my screen. We're gonna play this. about the show like it's actually been quite controversial yeah it has some people love it some people yeah. hate it they are it is really black and white don't you think yeah it's been triggering i think that's a key word there so i wanted to have a chat with you about you know what this is all about i guess i'll come from my take and then i'd love to hear yours and we're just kind sure. of have a conversation sure. um and again it's like well so i guess the the basis of this is i saw this woman a uh, strong woman who has been really successful in the music business. I mean, Rihanna is one of the top female artists. Billionaire. Yeah. Billionaire. Yeah. Um, and her whole, which you can see on the footage right now, but her whole thing was she was sh sharing a message, which is, I'm pregnant again. I'm pregnant. Of course. Of course. And if you uh, miss that, you are blind. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yes. Okay. I know. It's funny. I was watching some like morning show um news guy guy and he was talking about like well you know is she pregnant i'm like yeah it was like <laughs> it's like that and she made a whole show about that and um some well let me just preface this some people thought she was post oh delivery postpartum they they well not postpartum but they thought that she had post like it was after the baby weight and she couldn't right. lose the baby weight or whatever oh. they didn't realize she was in progress with that i see okay yeah, because like, but anyway, I, what I got from her is I'm proud of who I am. I'm showing off my belly. Now, the second thing about her is she performed the heck out of the show insofar as vocally. Well, she's got a okay voice, but it's strong. And then she had this attitude, which is kind of the Rihanna thing. And finally, I'll say um, she she's not a big dancer, but she wasn't dancing. But she had this amazing set of uh, androgynous, you don't know if they're male, female dancers around her. And it was all about them, right? The whole thing was visually, to me, it was actually visually quite exciting. So when I go onto social the next day, I mean, she's getting lambasted. Like, I'm like, what? She didn't, someone said she didn't dance enough. I'm like, she's pregnant. Uh, <laughs> um, she was upset. She wasn't happy. Well, that's just Rihanna. So, I was like wanting to get your take on this because yeah. I'm conflicted. And I think that the, the reason why I'm conflicted is we have these archetypes, these heroines in public, these celebrities that are representing female strength in business, so-called happens to be entertainment business. And yet she's the first to get, um, you know, criticized. Now, 
it happened to Madonna also at the Grammys. I don't really want to go there right now. We could, but let's stay with Rihanna. Just want to throw it to you. What do you think? Was I, ha I definitely have thoughts. Um, <clears throat> first, let me, let me tell you what I thought worked about that performance. She is, she's just a stunning vision. She could do nothing. She could stand there and she just has a mesmerizing presence about her. And for her to be catapulted in the air on heels, it was just mind blowing. And I felt like pregnant or not, like let's, let's, let's take pregnancy out of the mix. What I loved is the fact that she was not scantily clad mm. and feeling like she had, to, not that that's a bad thing, Beyonce works that well, um, but she didn't feel like she had to conceal any kind of a bump that she had going on. In fact, she was way proud of that. Yeah, she was. And it was her whole, it was her whole performance. It was her whole thing. And I got that from the get-go. I'm just yeah. like the plastic nursing thing. I was just like, whoa, that's, she is so pregnant. And I love that. And, and I love that she was rocking the pregnancy. Mm. Just overall in general. And, and the back to, backup dancers were giving it their all and everything. Um, and I think we live in a culture of criticism. So it's so easy to point out like the, the flaws first and what wasn't working. But I think it's super important to, to celebrate the fact that she is a tremendous force in the music industry. And she's a fierce, badass woman that is up there promoting her music and her, herself. I didn't need the crotch grabbing. I never need the crotch grabbing. I mean, like right. to me, that's a, that's a, like you have to put it out there, that's not really owning it. So that I could have done without, that was a little too much for me over the top. And then the other thing that wasn't, wasn't working for me was as a performer, you, you have a responsibility to ignite your audience, I think, especially in the fricking Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So for me, her style is like, I don't really care, I'm mm -hmm. bored. And if she looks bored and she looks like she doesn't give a sh S H I T I know, I'm sorry, this is, um, are, are you bleeping this or are we not swearing on this? I can't remember. You no can swearing. Try. You can swear. Okay. If she looks like she doesn't give a shit and I know that's been interpreted as a sense of calm. For me, it wasn't a sense of calm. It, it just felt like, like it was, it was, even if it was, it wasn't dynamic enough for me to be riveted. Mm. as like I was with Bruno Mars, who was right. like, ooh, rocking it. You know, I, I was in it with him. This, I was on the outside observing and she didn't pull me in. So those are the only right. things that I will say about that. Um, I've got two, two questions there. So <clears throat> yeah. you said you mentioned Bruno Mars. Yeah. Now, I love men, I love women, I love any identity, gender identity you wish to take. Uh, so this is not about gender. However, I want to kind of go there. Like, was Bruno Mars giving it because he's like a male pop rocker or was he just bringing it more than you thought Rihanna did gender side? Oh, gender has nothing to do with it. I think Bruno Mars, if he were pregnant, he would have rocked it too. I mean, <laughs> he, he would have like, he's just that kind of performer where he, right. he sucks you in by his charisma and his okay. dynamic Okay. Uh, essence and his passion for the music. I'm not saying Rhiannon doesn't have a passion for the music, but her style is such that it just feels like she doesn't give a shit. And that works for a lot of people. For me, 
I want to be ignited and excited when I see a performer. And so that, if, that's just me, personal preference. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So, so there's someone else that's kind of like edgy, but a male uh, that's kind of like a real. I kind of put them in the two insofar as their attitude. It's like yeah. Eminem. So Eminem comes out and he doesn't dance, but he walks and stalks, but he's like a, a angry kind of... So would you want, you know, like, what's the difference there? If you know, that's an, that's an interesting question. I think it boils down to passion. Uh, I think Eminem has an intensity about him and a passion. Uh, and I never feel like, okay, so, so maybe, <laughs> maybe it's, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a fuck. Right. And, and it's a, and it's intensity about it. Yeah. I, and I think Rihanna is kind of in the middle there. In the middle. So not really pulling. Pull, There's pull, no. Pulling all the stops. Pulling off, pulling yeah. all the stops or whatever the saying. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just missing that slight bit of edge and passion for me, but my God, she's a billionaire. What, what do I know? Right. What, really? I mean, really, what do I know? You know, it's but like. The, so the second doing thing it. is, and this is this gets into something that I'm kind of trying. I'm struggling with when I look at these strong, okay, millionaire billionaires that are up there, ready to be criticized in a way. Like she's pregnant, right? So, <clears throat> and it's not like what you're saying. I'm seeing all these kind of trolls and comments and social mm -hmm. about, oh, she just phoned it in. Um, she look at the bump. Why did she? She didn't dance enough. She's 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 like you know whatever. And it's like when does this end? When someone like at what point in your life um, can women stop having to prove themselves? Well, and especially oh, making excuses because she was pregnant. Look, you and I have both been pregnant. <clears throat> I yep. birthed my baby at forty eight. That's no small feat. That, that's a whole different podcast, right? There. That's a whole we different podcast. We do. And we'll get into that <laughs> on my show. Um, but it's, I think, you know, we, we can use that as a disability or a asset, depending. It, it's mm. all how you frame. Everything's about how you frame it. Mm. Uh, I don't ever want to give her an out just because she's pregnant. If that were the case, then she shouldn't be on stage. They should have picked somebody else, right? If it's going to be a disability, it's like you get up there, you do what she did, you rock it, you just own it. Mm -hmm. And we don't use it as a, oh, but she's this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not making a lot of sense, but you know, that that's what I would say is like, I think we, we use pregnancy as a, as an excuse. And then sometimes yeah. moms get on the martyr bandwagon and, but, but I'm pregnant. I mean, yeah, I know I it's, think it's, she did that. I mean, she, no, I don't either. Apparently she didn't get paid for it. So I think that happens. It's like, and secondly, what, are you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, no, they don't get paid. Performers don't get paid, but the, well, I believe it was Fox that sponsors her, or no, Apple paid her. So they don't oh, get paid directly from Super Bowl. And, and, you know, there's right. a lot of um, Fox. I forget who, who pays for all of the technical expenses, mm -hmm. but yeah. I think she, he got paid from Apple, I believe. Got it. I don't and know. I think that <clears throat> that's the piece, though, is like, she. I mean, she didn't certainly like put her pregnancy, it was part of her act. So, 
yeah. I guess, so just switching gears now, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about you. Um, I'm not Rihanna, but uh, whatever, no. we, we can we can chat. I'm not a billionaire. <laughs> I'll get up and rock my postpartum baby bump for you. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh my God, she just showed her belly. <laughs> you didn't need to see that, did you? You just had lunch. Thank you. Uh, great belly, by the way. Thank you. It's um, going to be better after I after I do my CrossFit, but you know, right now it's 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 there. There's a lot happening there. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to ask me? No, it's good CrossFit. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been working on CrossFit. It's a hard one, um, but I'm going to get there. <coughs> have you been in a Have you been in a situation where? you feel you rocked it you did so good in and you've got like just a wealth of experience but you felt like i really brought this on but you got criticized for whatever you know they them deciding to criticize you and how did you how did you respond to that and you know you could feel free to share with me like the the hard part of it and then how you overcame it later because i know that there's a lot of emotions around that can you pick a time where you where that when that happened to you that's a really, really good question. Um, I tend to be the kind of person that isn't satisfied easily, especially creatively. Okay. So I can count probably on my one hand how many times I've actually felt like I have gone to that place and, and really just nailed it. Um, okay, so the, the first step for you is to actually feel like you actually were successful. Yeah, yeah because yes. I don't. Yeah. Oh. I don't. Even I have to be surprised. Some, someone will have to tell me. And even then, I'm not convinced. So I really struggle with two things. I struggle with self-criticism. You know, the gremlin that says, mm -hmm. that's not enough. You're not enough, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I struggle also, let's see, what was it? Gremlin? with self-criticism, oh, inadequacy, right? But then also this imposter syndrome, right? Like if I, I have to pretend, right? So those, those are things that I've really, really, really been challenged with uh, in my personal life and then as an artist, um, creator. So it's kind so of the it's opposite It's so funny opposite that you said that because mm -hmm. you, You've done so many amazing things. I mean, I I could I could give you. You're saying five things you think you could have been feeling successful about, and I can give you knowing you. I could give you at least twenty five. You've been like internationally successful. And I and I look at that. I look at that, and I think this is normal. But it's something I've really been examining. This sense of uh, I don't want to say inferiority, but not inferiority. I guess it's just that inadequacy. And I, I, I got a fortune cookie one time. No, a horoscope. My husband was so sweet. I had just finished my Marlena Dietrich stage show, right? I, I mean, and I pulled out all the stops with that. And it was like a big deal for me to write that. Oh, to such a fantastic show. Produce it and direct it and then star in it. Like this was a big uh, mountain that I climbed. And I, you know, I finished that and I was just feeling like it wasn't good enough Ugh. and all of that stuff. And my husband gave me a horoscope 
And it was, I don't, I'm, I'm not into horoscopes, but this one was so poignant. It was like a divine gift. And it was basically, in a nutshell, turn intimidation into inspiration. Mm. You know, it's just that flip of that I-N word around don't be intimidated, be inspired by people. And that stuck with me. And that helped me flip things around and, and recognize that can I get out of my own way for a hot minute and actually stop caring about how I'm doing and yeah. get into the story that I'm telling, get into the emotions that I'd like people to feel, the feelings that I'm wanting them to have um, and other, other people's experience for a minute. And once I did that, then things started to shift for me. Um, but I can't tell you that I still don't battle those feelings. Right. And so I guess to your point, long-windedly, I would say um, it's, the, it's the reverse for me. It's when somebody actually compliments me on something and said, that was extraordinary, or that made me feel this way, where I really have to absorb it and go, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and know that I've made an impact. Otherwise, I, it's just, I just dive into the dark places if I'm being honest. Yeah. Does that, I mean, does that answer your question at all? I would say that, um, I mean, you answered it differently, which is kind of surprising knowing to be honest, how confident you come across. It's, a, um, it's, this is what I'm talking about. You know, that whole fake it till you make it feeling like I have to be confident. People cannot see me sweat or see me soften or vulnerable, you know, the vulnerability is weakness kind of thing. And so I have to, I have to present a certain, um, certain uh, persona. Um, and I think that that's how it used to be. And I think I've grown into my confidence. I think now I just, I'm just getting older yeah. and re recognizing I don't, I, you know, I, I care way less than I used to. Yeah. And I remember being on tour with Eric Idle. I can't remember if this was the first or second tour. I think it was the first one, my dear, because you and I did this, the second tour together. And the first one, we were on a plane. And the second one, we were on a bus. Okay. So this was, <laughs> I only got the bus. Tour. You got the bus and truck tour. Um, that's why it was called the Greedy Bastard Tour. But the first one was... Um, you know, we flew, it was first class all the way, all that kind of stuff. So I remember being on a plane and we were bound for Seattle and Eric Idle turns to the cast um, and the musicians and he said, now listen, I don't want anybody to tell me anything about the reviews, bad or good when they come out, okay? Because I'm right in the middle of honing this show and I don't want to be swayed right. one way or another. Right. And that made an impact, a profound impact on me because, you know, you can, don't believe your own press. You hear that whole saying, it's like, because if you do, the good press will inflate you. The bad press will deflate you. Either way, you're not solid. You're, you're not centered. You're wobbly. Makes you wobbly. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <clears throat> I've always uh, been taught even by my father of letting things roll off your back. Yeah. Uh, duck's back. Like the water, when water drops on duck's back, it just rolls off. So there's, I love right. that saying. And, um, and not buying into the press, whether it's good or bad, um, but being able to just trust in yourself because it can easily get side get, get you sidetracked. You start thinking, oh, 
how did I go? And that stops your performance. The, you know, in the moment, like when you have to perform, like a quarterback in the in football. Let's go back to Super Bowl for a minute. Like having to, <clears throat> you, you can't have your coach coach you while you've got the ball running down the field. You can only do that in retrospect right. after the game. But in the game, all you have to think about is the tactics and the game itself. That's all. You can't be distracted by what other people think, what people think of you. You have to focus on the game. Mm -hmm. And then there's a time for critique and improvement. And even then, it needs to be in a safe space with people that yeah. you trust. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't trust the followers on social to say oh she didn't dance enough like that is not like so you just can't even look at that right you've got to stay close to your own confidence level otherwise it'll pull you right down and you also have to remember and i'm, I'm going to pull up this quote that i love so much um as artists i think what gives me great comfort is the um the arena that's the quote what gives me great comfort is when I am creating, I'm actually in the arena. I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing something. I'm not on the sidelines. Yeah. I think that the, the critiquers are the ones on the sidelines. You know, how many, how many people actually, we all have opinions, right? Mm -hmm. How many people actually could do what Rihanna did? Right. Exactly. I mean, it's usually the ones who can't, can't and never will that are the first to criticize anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. And that can be their own stuff, a whole different ball of wax of envy. I wish I was that person. I wish I could. And their own self-worth. And yeah. so usually, you know, like bullies at school, bullies pick on kids because they are either jealous or they've got their own stuff going on that the only thing that they can do to lash out is to hurt someone else. Right. right. And, and you know that mediocr mediocrity attacks excellence. We hear that a lot. Um, and so I think that's keeping that in mind, like, am I, am I doing my best? And if you can answer that confidently and honestly and saying, I did my best. Mm -hmm. And if I think no matter what, if you're doing it and you're giving it your all and you're trying your very best, that's all we can do. Well, that's right. And, and doing your best, you kind of have, you have to block out the naysayers. Yeah. You have to block out the critics, both the outside and from within. Uh, because if we don't focus in on being, doing our best performance, or as we say to our son, who's a baseball player, like he has to, he, he, he's in fourth grade and he has to pick it up at school right now. It's an amazing baseball. <clears throat> so we're using the analogy, you've got to go to school like you're preparing for a tournament. <laughs> right? Oh, does that work for him? Oh, yeah, totally. Nice. Bed's made, homework's done. Yeah, it's all, it's all changed. And I think it's the mindset of focusing on it being your best performance. But I think also from a crit criticism point of view, um, and he's, he really takes criticism pretty well, my son, who's like nine. Uh, you know, we can give him like, hey, you didn't do the homework, da, da, da. And he's like, well, okay. Like he doesn't like take it personally. And it's like, that's a hard one. So going back to uh, these female archetypes, just kind of wrap it up here. Um, you know, someone like a Rihanna who is representing like the echelon of music business. Or if you were in a... Um, 
a position of power in business for a woman who, let me tell you, there's been, I've, you know, so many studies and I've interviewed these folks of imposter syndrome and they're like the COO, CEO, head. Yeah, of, yeah. Right? Um, like, how do we, how do we, um, how do we move on from that and own our power and own our strength and not care so much? And I was wondering if there's a, an example, as much as you've told me, well, this is what you've dealt, you deal with as in your own life. Do you, do you have an example of where you felt like, yeah, I was able to, to overcome that. Uh, and this is what I created. I mean, you've well, got a lot of examples, but you want to give me one. Uh, well, the Marlena Dietrich stage show, this, you know, I put, I, I had this idea based on her life. This was, you know, how many years ago, long time ago. Um, and I just had to overcome that gremlin to get through and service my vision for telling her story. And I think if we get out of our own way and we realize that it really isn't about us, we're conduits. And what are we channeling? And then, you know, uh, imparting on people, like that's what it's about. So I think it's a, it's a real um, shift in that. And, and when I'm on that and I take that to heart, then I lighten it up and things aren't so serious and I don't care so much what people think because I, it, I have no vested interest in their yeah. opinions of me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, it's not about me guys. It's about what I'm telling you or what I'm sharing with you or the story. It's about this story. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the shift in, in the yeah. mental mindset, I guess. And that was a great show. You wrote this amazing show performance was extraordinary and it's unique and it's about a strong female in history which yeah. you do in Huge. your project I do I do because I I grew up in a household where that was suppressed my dad god rest his soul loved him very very much but he was very sexist he was born in 1926 he was a world war, world war ii marine he was a cowboy and a survivalist and and he was of the ilk that a woman's place was in the kitchen. So I grew up defying that notion. I mean, he point blank said, you're going to go to college to find a husband because your greatest lot in life is to be a wife and a mother. And Which while that, fine, but it's, yes, and that's it. That's fine. And that is a great lot in life, but it's not yeah. everything. And so when you kind of told, you're told that that's all there is, um, I think that's a really damaging narrative. But what it did for me, the blessing of it all, is it it made me a fierce, not angry, excited feminist, um, irrespective of gender, to really uh, love and understand and appreciate the challenges that we go through when we're oppressed and how that is uh, fuel to rise above and be even better and stronger. And so it's helped me kind of carve out this niche for creating work that promotes female-driven stories yeah. that, that have largely been kind of lost or forgotten or not illuminated throughout history. And 
you know, Marlena was the first foray into that. I'd never created my own show before. And so this was really a tapestry of narrative song and images that wove together her life through film and music. And it was just super fun, but scary as hell to do. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, then it became about learning how to write screenplays and bringing that to the, uh, the film world. Mm -hmm. um, not knowing how to do that, still not really knowing how to do that, but learning. And then writing another story about the first and greatest female fighter pilot in history. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, writing a Western with a black female lead about, you know, black women in history. And like, I don't know, it's just a common theme that I have. Mm -hmm. Now we have another one that I'm working on with my writing partner and, and she's equally as badass. And I fall in love with all of them. And I'm like, how come I did not know you existed? Right. But it, it wasn't the selections. It wasn't what we were handed down. And so I, I want to do what I can if I ever figure out how to, how to make movies and, and bring things to life for a bigger audience, which is in and of itself, a whole other podcast we can, we can do. But um, I, I just want to change how that's being done. I, I want to yeah. be able to, to have, you know, my daughter who's three now, have it not be an anomaly to see herself in these different types of roles. You know, I want her to know that she can have, be, or do anything that mm -hmm. she sets her mind to. And there is not going to be a glass ceiling or, and I mean, this might be pie in the sky optimism, but you know, by the time she gets to be 18, I really do hope that we see huge, significant changes, even more so than we have in the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just constantly evolving. Although I feel like we went back in time in the last couple of weeks. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I sent a post out on LinkedIn about this. I was really upset. There was, there's, there's been these tech layoffs right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thousands, tens of thousands mm -hmm. of folks and there was this one woman I won't name names but she she was like the head of people or learning she was like a real leader of this tech company and then she was laid off and mm -hmm. it just rocked me I kind of cracked and I was I said I I just feel like we've gone back in time where we're laying off women also women who are on maternity leave Mm. or have del just delivered their babies who've been laid off in the in the recent tech layoffs which i don't understand how that's actually legal in america like it's not legal in in england you can't do that um in any case in slovakia you get three years that's amazing like yeah. it's it's messed up in this country how little so bond, bonding time we have but anyway keep going yeah. what were you saying no, I'm sorry. No, I, just, I made this quote this comment about like how we're going back in time and we're we're, we're firing the wrong people like if we don't if we don't have these people in in companies that are taking care of learning development oh i see what you're saying people it's, it's not that she would just that she was a woman no, it no, was, no. right no, right right it, it was that as you know as a strong female leader um who's taking care of people which is the foundation of a company without people we don't have a business well i it's think shocking you know shocking. I, I think the reason for that and what has to completely fundamentally shift is we have to value the nurture mentality and put that on par 
with the aggressive masculine approach to business. And I'm not saying men, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that men are the masculine approach. I'm just saying the masculine approach in general, we have to value the feminine approach yes. way more than we do right. in, the work, in the workforce. That's so right. that paradigm has to shift. Yeah. And until, that, a... until that shifts, that, then, then that's going to get cut out. You know, people who cry, people who are vulnerable, people who express their feelings, they share, we do round table discussions, you know, that's, that's all stuff that's considered weak. It's, it's not, it's not uh, promoted. It's not yeah. valued enough. Strategies of providing value, like in performance ratings at work, how do you show that you've provided impact? And especially if you're in a people-led kind of job, uh, it's harder than saying, oh, I shipped this product or I launched this. Or the... So there's all that too. So you, you're touching on this, a whole different topic, it's, but it's great. But yeah, so I guess, so I want to wrap up a um, couple of, I've got two questions. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, this is kind of a personal one. I do it to all my <laughs> Oh, you little pill. <laughs> and then uh, and then there's another personal one uh, to wrap it up. But the first one is, since you know my music. Yes, I do. Um, we're going to go listen to one of my songs. Yay! Can uh, I pick or have you already yeah, picked Yeah, so it? which song of mine would you like me to play? And then we'll, well back for a wrap up. Uh, with another question. All right. You have so many, and I have been privileged to sing backups for you and to be with you when you're actually crafting a song, which was mm -hmm. about me, but that wasn't my favorite one. So I'm not going to pick a that lot one. Of no, because I, I, I know too intimately what that one was about. Um, well, one of my favorites, because it's so poignant, is Hollywood. Uh, good one. I, I really love that song. It's very catchy, but it's it's got a profundity to it that um, or profoundness or whatever the word is um, <laughs> that I just it's so simple, but it's so profound. And I, I once had a friend when I came to L.A. in 1992 say L.A. asks you to leave every day. Mm. And I think for a very long time, I believed that. And and then I left the business and I got into academia and met my husband and all of that and then circled back with a completely different mindset and I realized that yes LA can ask you to leave especially as a creator but you have to get to the point where you don't and you not only don't leave but you do it on your terms That's right. and so I think this song what I love about it, it's just, it kind of sums all of that up for me. So that's the song. All right. Well, let's go and listen to my song, Hollywood by Jilly Moon. Here we go.
I'll always 
I love that song so much. What? Yeah. When, when did you write? I can't remember when you wrote that and um, what the impetus for that song was. I wrote it in Hollywood. <laughs> I was doing a lot of gigs at the time, uh -huh. um, in and out of tours, mm -hmm. and I was homesick. I was like, "Do I want to go back to Australia? Right? What am I doing here? Uh, you know, all all of my own imposter syndrome shit. What?" Will I ever make it? Will this be? How am I going to survive? Da, da, da. You know, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Well, the, the answer to that is nobody and, <laughs> no, and everybody, right? It's like when you when you accept the fact that nobody actually really cares. No, not really. Not but really. You have, it, you have to do it for yourself. Yeah, you I do. I think that's the end. I've always felt that like at the end of the day, the reason why I do what I do is for me. And you've got to be okay. You've got to do it for you first. Like not because you want the fans or you want the, the kudos or you want the the compliment or the, well, she's amazing. And yeah, no, it's nice to get the money too, but not even for that. It's got to be because of art for art's sake. And that's what kept me going. Yes. And then it, it didn't. It does. <laughs> it does have to be for you. But then at some point, in that process, you have to invite people in. You have to invite you have to invite people in and be open and vulnerable enough in your work to do that. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to speak to people. And then yeah. what? And then yeah, and well, then who who really cares in that? Yeah. Anyway, you're we're in gonna, your living we're room. Do. Like if you're not going to actually share it, what's the point? Right. Yeah. So um, so what's your so my last question to you is um, and by the way, it's been wonderful that you've been here with likewise me. thanks for thanks for doing this and having me and and all of it you're welcome great conversation um we got through the rihanna stage we got through a little bit about how to handle criticism both the outside the inside wow that was the imposter syndrome we yeah. uh, we talked about i love that saying that your husband said to you intimidation yeah inspiration shift your perspective uh, on that yeah so you make it <laughs> do it for yourself get out of your own way i mean so many little isms coming out of your mouth was amazing um what is making it that's what i want to know i want to talk i want to define what is making it what does that mean it's how we define success mm -hmm. um and if you're constantly looking and there's conditions around it you're just never going to be happy yeah. So anyway, that's another another thing yeah, we can talk it is about. Success. I do talk a lot about success, and yeah, uh, that's a good one. And but it even comes into like this self criticism or doubt or imposter and criticism because, like for example, going back to Rihanna, what is she truly trying to achieve? <coughs> is, uh, we were all expecting her to put on the big Super Bowl show because that's what we want, right? And so for some reason, some think that she didn't do what you know, the expectation was, and I think that's a thing. It's like, well, well, did she have to like, maybe. Right. Is it her responsibility to do that as an artist? She's yeah. Been invited to perform herself, like her, yeah. be her. This was her being her. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. Very. Um, so what's next for you? That I, I want us. I want us to talk about that. What's next for you? That's, that's a such a loaded question. I mean, because pick one. 
I am such an, uh, right now I'm going through a big shift, mm. especially as a creator. I've taken a few years to be a mom and, and immerse myself in that world and, and not give my, not take a, not put my creative stuff on a back burner because that's, here's the thing. <laughs> I have Don't go put around the imposter syndrome. No, I have, person. I have put, off for a minute. Here's, I just got an intuitive hit. I have put off my creativity for a while. Mm -hmm. I haven't put off the hustling and the selling. That's what I want to give a break to next. And I want to get into creating more. Oh, good. So that's really going to look like finishing the book that I've wanted to write for a long time. You know, it's this finishing that that's next for me. And I'm, I'm in the throes of that right now. I'm about to start a big um, new business endeavor that I can't talk too much about. And that kind of, I dive into that at the end of the month, and then that's going to be a whole new focus. And you know, I'm kind of going to shelve the the film stuff for a little while because that's trying to hustle and get a film made is completely counterproductive to the creating of the film and and the stuff a lot that of business I'm, and hustling. yeah, a lot of hustling and kissing ass and and all of that stuff, and that's depleting energetically. And so for me, I need to fill my cup up as a creator some more. Mm. And so I'm going to shift gears into that and and focus less on the selling. So um, you're going to write a book. Yeah, I'm gonna write a book. And 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 what else is that? Is that your main focus next? Uh, and launching this business that has to do with the book. Wonderful. Yeah, and Wonderful. it's all it's all to serve mature moms, which I'm so excited. I say mature moms with a tongue in cheek wink, <laughs> um, because my book is is geared specifically for geriatric moms, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just excited Wonderful. to pop that wide open because it's it's we're so unique and such unicorns and um we so need a lot of love and and support especially you know going through IVF and all of that stuff so mm -hmm. I'm excited to really dive into that and have Wonderful. have a lot of fun and bring some humor to that we'll um, back when you're ready to promote that okay let's do it and you know I want to I want to finish my musical I want to I want to dive into that creatively um, I have a musical that I want to, I want to finish and, you know, loving up on my baby girl, those yeah, kinds of things. She's absolutely adorable. She is. She's beautiful. Oh, she's she's, she's a light to me. So personal stuff, I think personal yeah. and birthing creative projects. That's what I really want to focus on. And well, we're going to keep you accountable because that's what we do. So. Okay. All right. So <laughs> the next, see how that all went. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, to everybody out there who's creating and doing remarkable stuff, even if it's only you that thinks that, then just keep going. Just keep going. I was going to say, what's your golden nugget? And that's the, it, right? That's there. it. Keep I don't know how, I don't know how golden it is, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's, that's what I've learned is like, I will create until I die. Hmm. That is part of who I am. It's in my DNA. I think we all have it. So, so you have to, I think, get to a place where you just keep doing that for the joy of it, irrespective of if it sells. I don't know if this book's going to do any good. I don't really care. I know that I need to write it. So great. that's all. Jennifer, Jennifer Julian, it has been a pleasure to have a conversation with you. Where can people find you if you want them to find you at all? <laughs> um, 
I, yeah, no. no I don't. <laughs> it's the secret sauce. When she's ready, she's going to come out. Yeah, I don't need to be found right now. I'm pretty good with, with being under the radar. And you'll know it. When I have something to say, you'll know it. I'll hit you. I'll hit you up to promote you on uh, all your millions of followers that you have. So all good. Good. All right, Jennifer. Thanks right. for having me in conversation. Thanks, Jilly. Love you. Come and join us at thecreative.com. C-R-E-A-8-V-E.com or find us on social. Or find me, Jilly Moon. See you soon.